Hey everybody and welcome to the fourth episode of Annie Are You Okay? The Annie Jones Fantasy Football League official weekly recap podcast. It's me, your podcast host and commissioner, Trip Smith. And guys, what a weekend in the NFL. A lot of exciting games, a lot of exciting happenings. Kind of a weird and confusing weekend as well. Really too much for one man to summarize. And so for the first time ever in the AJFFL, we're going off-site to our correspondent in the field, an expert in the pertinent subject matter. Uh, we go live now to Brentley Smith. Brentley, can you give us a, uh, a rundown on the big happenings from the weekend? Yeah, this was a really, really big weekend. On Sunday afternoon, approximately 4.15, the on DraftKings network, whatever that is. Uh, I think you mean red zone. Okay, NFL red zone. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, red zone network, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift appeared at the Chiefs game in Travis Kelsey's box next to his mom. Oh my gosh. Can you just sort of give us an idea of like collectively what all of the women in America and possibly the world were feeling at that moment? I mean, so many things. <laughs> Affirmation. <laughs> um, I, you know, I had suspected this romance was happening for a few weeks and a lot of people doubted it. And it was very bold. In the words of Travis Kelsey, it was very bold that she showed up. He actually had a podcast that came out today and he talked about it. I mean, good for her. And I can't believe he was next to her. She was next to her, his mom. Like, how great is that? They were cheering together and high-fiving, and she even gave a chest bump to someone, and she was blushing so hard, and he was blushing. He kept looking up at her. It was magical. Oh, my gosh. Can you just talk about maybe just some of the events in recent weeks leading up to this historic moment? Of course. So the Chiefs obviously play in a very large stadium and that is where Taylor Swift played her heiress tour and Travis Kelsey went to the heiress tour with a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it for her and he really wanted to give it to her and then he found out that he was not allowed to give it to her because she saves her voice and she doesn't see people after the show mm. um, before the show to to have voice rest. So he was really bummed about it. And he talked about it on his podcast and said, um, he really wanted to give her his phone number friendship bracelet. And so then since then, there's been a lot of speculation about the two of them dating and it happened. She showed up at his game. He's, he said on his podcast that he had put the ball in her court and he was inviting her to a game and she showed up which is amazing. Um, and I just love it. And, you know, from what I saw, it doesn't really look like that was the first time that they had hung out from how mm. much she was cheering. Like she was jumping up and down and she was blushing when he did his little arrow thing when he does a touchdown. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. He does a little arrow thing. And she, yeah, it did not look like the first time that they had hung out based off of what her facial expressions. Now, um, you know, isn't it isn't it great that Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map trip? Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, you, you might think that I'm making that up, but actually the New York Times came out mm. with an article this morning. Let mm. me tell you the title of that article. Travis Kelsey was a star. Taylor Swift put him in another orbit. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> now, a, a few questions. I'll read you. Oh, go, okay. <laughs> Keep going. No, wait, There's, more. More. <laughs> There's more. There's <laughs> more. He has won two Super Bowls with Kansas City, catching a touchdown in each. He's earned eight Pro Bowl selections while dabbling as a media personality. Um, And he has a podcast. But in terms of maximizing his celebrity, this is in the words of the New York Times, nothing compares to Kelsey's brush with the aura of Taylor Swift, a 12-time Grammy winner whose era's tour this year has shattered concert records and even registered seismic activity. Wow. A couple of follow-up questions. Mm. I mean, at one point in the game, Taylor shouted over Travis Kelsey's mother's shoulder, like literally directly behind her ear, let's effing go. Do you think that (laughs) hurt or helped the kind of the future prospects of the relationship there? That's a great question. You know, I have listened to Travis Kelsey's podcast a few times and he's pretty funny. Mm. Uh, So I feel like uh, Mama Kelsey has heard Uh some language from her two sons, from what I can tell. However, her face did not look like she like thought it was super funny. She right. she looked she didn't look displeased, but she did not look amused. Hmm. Can you give us a rundown on what, if anything, happened after the game? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So they walked out together, and so get this: his outfit that he wore into the game. It was blue and white, which is the colors of 1989, which she is re-recording right now, and she's about to release everything she's been doing. Her last, like, 10 outfits that she's shown up in public have either been blue or white or black. She's been, like, alternating these colors, and so everything right now is blue and white. Um, And she – he showed up in this blue and white, like, suit, and lo and behold – the suit is called the 1989 bedroom suit, which is just wild that the suit is has 1989 in it. But that's not answering your question. I just thought about that. So he put his suit back on, and they're walking out together, and there's recording of them. And she said, hey, guys. She kind of seemed nervous. It seemed like very awkward first date kind of vibes. But then they go to his, like, convertible, and it's like his getaway car. Mm. Um they were driving in a getaway car? Driving in a getaway car, yeah. Um, and then they drove throughout Kansas City in this car, and then they went to a popular restaurant there. And people have said that they were at this restaurant and found at 8.30, waitresses came to them and said, hey, your meal is completely paid for, but you have to leave, like, right now. So they closed out a restaurant, and Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey went to this restaurant and a bunch of other people, I think from the team affiliated with the team and his family went to this restaurant too. Wow. Yeah. So, and word on the street is that her private plane left just yesterday. So she's stayed a few days in Kansas city. Mm. I guess with the Kelsey family, who knows? Oh my gosh. Brentley, I mean, you are, and, and we're, we're thankful for your time. We know that you are working hard to stay actively abreast of the situation here, covering the events as they unfold, continue to research, and we will be touching base in the coming days. 
uh, as more comes to light. But can you just give us a kind of an idea of what you're going to be keeping an eye out for in the coming week as we move into the fourth weekend of the NFL season? I'm obviously going to be watching the Kansas City Chiefs. Apparently, I'm a fan now. And <laughs> I'm going to be looking out for whether Taylor's there. You know, the other Kelsey brother, he plays for the Eagles, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Taylor actually was born, she was born in Pennsylvania, and she is a big Eagles fan. Uh-huh. So it's just curious to me. Like, she mm. could show up in an Eagles game, too, you know? But... I guess I'll leave, I'll leave you with this. A lot of people have been saying, and this is probably the people who are listening to this are probably thinking this right now, that there's been too much Taylor Swift content, like uh-huh. in their football, in their football content. And I think that there's been too much football in my Taylor Swift content. Oh. So I'm just excited for, for all the Taylor Swift content. I think that's an excellent note to leave it on. Brentley, thanks for taking the time. We know you're a busy mother of two as well as our Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey correspondent. Uh, and and we'll, like I said, we'll be, uh, we'll be touching base with you in the coming days and weeks as more information comes to light. All right, guys, as this podcast becomes uh, more famous, more influential in the fantasy football cultural zeitgeist, it becomes longer and longer, but I'm not one to look a gift horse in the mouth. I don't want to assume that any of our six listeners are going to go through this thing for one second beyond about 30 minutes. So let's jump into the scores. Let's keep it quick. Let's keep it simple. This week, Austin Howe, the pod don't lie. After a tough first week, hey, look at him. He's 5-1. and one. He's tied at the top of the leaderboard. He beats Z and T time, 124 to 115. Steve, Tony, 115. That's a solid score for you guys this week. You just got unlucky. Austin continues to get that good fantasy football luck, that good, good juju of scoring his low-scoring weeks on weeks when he plays low-scoring opponents and getting his high scores when he needs them. So good job, Austin. Good scores across the board there. And Steve, hey, I know it doesn't feel like a man, but I think you're, you're still okay. Stay the course. Don't give up. You need to address running back, Steve. It just doesn't, it's hard to figure out what's going on with Najee Harris, man. He's sort of subversively getting supplanted by Jalen Waddle. So you're going to have to figure that one out. Next up, Zan Ennis, first loss of the season, first low scoring game of the season. Man, and what a game between Zan and Casey, a rematch of last year's playoff matchup where Zan knocked Casey out of the playoffs. And this time, Casey edges Zan out by less than half a point with a late 2 2 Atwell touchdown on Monday night. Man, 2-2 Atwell, Casey needed a TD from him. He got a TD from him late in the game. Hard to figure out. 2-2 Atwell, I guess, is just good, you know. He's breaking out a little bit. He's breaking out. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that team when Cooper Cup comes back. Meanwhile, Zan, your one sort of kryptonite this season is going to be QB. But let me give you a little bit of advice. Do not start Justin Fields ever again. This dude is not a quarterback He's like a running back. He's like a scat back that threw the ball in college. And Justin Fields is not going to be the starter much longer. Uh, what's the guy's name? Badgett? Tyson Badgett? You heard it here first, guys. Remember the name Tyson Badgett. He's Brock Purdy 2.0. All right, he's coming. He's coming for Fields. Starting job. It's going to happen sooner than you think. Next up, Tyler. The skid continues for Tyler. Tyler's at 0-6. And Tyler, we've long had a rule in this league that it's just not possible to compete in the months following the birth of another child, and you've got a little little infant, man. You got a lot going on in your life right now. You got that back pain we talked about last week too. 
this season is is off to a tough start for you. Tracy edges out Tyler, uh, 98 to 96. Not a great week for Tracy either. Tracy lost Mike Williams to a torn ACL this week, and all of a sudden he's looking pretty shallow at wide receiver. And Tracy, we said you were going to live and die by Brees Hall, and it's been two tough weeks for Brees Hall after he exploded in week one. Uh, David and Jamie, they're on vacation together. They probably watched some of these games together. And David with a solid win against Jamie, 120 to 105. Jamie, hard to have the Miami quarterback on your roster and still be losing games. So shout out to you there, man. David's team looks solid. He's the other team at five and one. Great job. Speaking of five and one and speaking about the overall number one, when you account for points scored, Koopa Cup AI aberration, 152. Daddy. Daddy. I love you, Daddy. Forgive me, Daddy. Chuck, 99 points, 1-5. and five. Off to a tough start here at the beginning of the season. He needs Jameer Gibbs and, and C.D. Lamb to do something for him, and he didn't get that this week. But I think those guys are good. So higher point totals are ahead for Chuck. And finally, we got Punch You in the Eye, 120. Oh, wow. Close game here, too. Just barely edging out Patrick Myberg. 120 to 119. Good game there between those two guys. And Ryan getting things back on track, uh, starting to reflect his preseason power rankings here. Uh, he's getting some good points. And Laporta, man, Ryan Laporta looks like a good pickup for you. Going to be interested to see what happens with Alexander Madison once Cam Akers is in that backfield. But Madison needed a big week. He got a big week. Ryan got a big week. He's at four and two. Those are the scores this week, guys, and if you just want a quick rundown of what the uh, standings look like after three weeks here, Tyler uh, sitting at number 12, Chuck at 11, and Steve at 10. I think all these guys are capable of making a push to get back into the middle part of the rankings. Maybe tough for Tyler this season. He's had a lot going against him. Tyler, we love you, man. We're thinking about you. Let's make some trades. Team Lasso at number 8 to Infinity. Uh, and changes in yardage, all at three and three, and so it's the points for that differentiates them. And uh, still, still close there in the middle. Still some good parity here at the top of the league. We got three teams sitting at five and one, and we have two teams sitting at four and two. So the top five, starting with number five, are Punt You in the Eye and Ryan. Number four, Zan Ennis and C.D. Lambros of Milan. The Pod Don't Lie, Austin at number three, tied with a five and run record. Birmingham City FC, David Hay, good job, brother. This might be your year to represent the Hagues in the championship. And finally, Koopa Cup, AI Aberration, yours truly, Commissioner, podcast host, 362 total points for this season, and I'm sitting at 5-1, and one, so come and get me. All right, for those of you who listened last week, we had the analytical mind of Tyler Ashragi come on and, and parse the inner workings of everything from Cleveland Athletics to the ESPN juggernaut, startup world, and sports betting. This week, we've got to change the pace, something different, something better, question mark. Uh, we have the artistic heart, the counselor's heart of one Jamie Haig. Jamie, are you okay? Wow. Thank you. Uh, after this week's uh, brutal defeat to my own flesh and blood, I don't know. Your own brother. Yeah. It was quite a tumble in the rankings for me. I was feeling strong hoping that the podcast would feature me when um, I had really climbed the ranks up from my draft order to new heights. Uh But as we stand now, I think I'm right in line with where my draft status was. 
and I'm upset because this will be the only week that that happens. So it's okay. I'll let it go. Uh-huh. We'll find our footing again once all of my skill players come back from injury. Right, dude. Yeah, you you got a bit of the um, you got a bit of the injury bug. Eckler, Waddle. You know, I was telling Casey last night we were talking about possibly trading Kirk Cousins. Already got an offer from Zan Ennis, a pretty good offer from Zan Ennis. Shout out. I was talking to Casey last night, and I was like, man. With the way injuries are going on my team right now, I don't even want to say it out loud. But should a right. strong eastern wind come, I I don't want to be without a quarterback. I have a pretty great backup right now. So now, yeah. after I already said, hey, I'm open to taking offers, last night me and Casey were kind of talking me into a state of anxiety about keeping him. The thing about it, I don't think you can jinx Tua because it seems like he's sort of already jinxed, right? It's like you knew that that was... Um an injury risk coming into the season. So you're probably not, you're not manifesting that by saying it out loud. I don't think. I think I'm manifesting more confidence by naming my team after him. I have him in multiple leagues. I just came into the season uh-huh. and said, Hey Tua, it's your time, man. And I'm with you. But yeah, man. I mean, Eckler and Waddle, that, those are huge losses. I mean, I, I can't remember exactly how your draft went, but that feels like that had to have been like two of your first three picks. I can't remember if Devonta went before Waddle, but it feels like he probably went Eckler Waddle first. So I mean that's um you're doing okay considering you've lost those guys and, and they'll be back soon. They don't seem they're long term out. Well we'll dig into your team a little bit more here in a minute. But hey where um where are you right now? Just kind of describe your your surroundings both materially and sort of on the like the uh, sort of ethereal plane. Which is, where, where does this podcast find you? <laughs> this uh, this podcast finds me on the coast of North Carolina on a on a foggy yet really beautiful morning as I watch an excavator roll up to fix the dunes. That's a little disruptive. <laughs> but we are at the beach with my whole side of the family. So all the Hague crew is here at the beach. There's five grandchildren now in the wow. Hague fam. So. You can thank Casey and Meredith for the large majority of that. And then David and I both have, I have a two-year-old named Leo, and David has a one-year-old named Paxton. So you guys are doing your part, yeah. And more on the ethereal plane. Honestly, the kiddos have been living it up this trip. So I think most of us are just kind of feeling like this, like, really nice, I feel like we're all getting a lot of memories out of this trip so far, a lot of, like, rest in memories instead of rest in uh you know physical sleeping kind of rest what the definition of like a successful and restful vacation looks like is different you know totally but it's still yeah you can still yeah you can take some joy and some rest in those memories and those that good family time together even as you're kind of trying to keep your kids alive in a different location <laughs> right, you know? right, so. right parenting in a new place the hey okay so the hags are overrunning this league, just as I think in, in some ways the Hague clan is overrunning the world, reproducing, filling the world with good and beautiful things. But the Hagues are, are, are overrunning this league, not just quantitatively, but also qualitatively. I mean, you, you and Casey and now David are all really pretty solid performers year over year. Yeah. I remember, I think your dad won like the second season that we did this and then he departed sort of in this Mufasa-esque kind of <laughs> movie, departed and he... And he looked at his sons and he said, remember, 
who you are. The great fantasy kings of the past are looking down on you. And I feel like you guys have all really risen to the call, but you and David have not won a championship yet. Do you, you, you get closer and closer every season. Is this, do you feel like this is your year? You know, I feel great about Tua. I feel like if Jalen comes back to Eckler, I feel like he's got a lot of tools around him so that it, the, you know, he's the focus isn't on him necessarily, which makes a, uh, I feel like makes it easier for him to find running room, but I don't know. I, I, I have felt stronger in the past and I think I've gotten second in this league like three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll say that I am trying to get the gusto up to have the belief in my squad, but I'm taking the approach of a middle school boy and just nagging my team in. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's great, man. I mean, maybe you, you've been confident in the past. I mean, you are definitely this league's most successful loser <laughs> in recent seasons. Yeah. But maybe And maybe you've been confident in the past. And so maybe this kind of like humble, realist posture is going to be what it takes to get you across the finish line. Yeah, I'm always keeping my eye on the waiver wire, making sure the guys know every week in practice, you got to earn your spot. You know, nothing is sacred here. Who knows? I might bring in Ford and you're booted, you know? You got to come in strong to practice every week. Good attitudes. I'm not here for these diva players. That's why Odell's not on my team. Yeah. We are team right. first approach here at Tua Infinity and Beyond, and and you got to buy in. I mean, you're so as it pertains to this family vacation that you're on. Have you and David spoken to each other since? Uh, oh, we were speaking a lot, but as, as of now, we are on rough terms. You know, like I'll have to earn my love back as I. It's it's a thing I learned in in my master's degree for counseling. If somebody hurts you, make them earn your love back. That's the best way. <laughs> That's good, man. Yeah, I want to ask you about your philosophy of counseling later, but that feels like a good little teaser to yeah, just <laughs> for you quality foundation. David made us pancakes this morning, so <laughs> he's nice. he's a he's a gracious winner. Yeah, gracious in victory. That's good. And I mean, do you do you guys find as brothers that your dads treatment of you kind of differs and and differs in relation to one another depending on how you're doing in fantasy football that's kind of another counseling question i guess Uh, (laughs) does he keep up with what's i think that the day that dad stepped out of of our fantasy football league he cut clean ties Mm -hmm. if we bring it up he actively runs away from the conversation so i don't i don't think that is super into into knowing how it's going in annie jones fantasy football league I will say, however, and I hope at some point they meander in here. David has really taken. Oh, oh, oh there he is! <laughs> As if spoken into uh... a life for my trade proposal. <laughs> mm, wait, yeah, I did see um... <laughs> my trade proposal. David, do you? We could we could make a trade live here. Oh, I don't know, man. That's not happening. <laughs> God, it'd be fun to make a make a trade live here on the air. At the same time, I'm trying not to abuse my um, commissioner podcaster, commissioner hyphen podcaster, and that's important. It's a hyphen and not a slash. Commissioner podcaster privileges by sort of getting taking the inside track on trades. I want to give people time after they hear the episode to make better offers. But um, everybody needs to know. Me and David have something in the works. Apparently, Jamie and Zan trades are in the works, guys. So get to it. Yeah, send trade offers now for Kirk Cousins. The standing offer is for DK Metcalf and somebody useless. So 
feel free to throw in yeah. your wide receiver ones, and we'll see if I give you the the glory that is Kirk Cousins, aka you like that. Casey has also joined us here, and Casey, you've already had your fifteen right. minutes of fame with the podcast. But I, Casey, it's got to be hard for you to see two younger brothers at each other's throats like this. And is there any brotherly advice that you would want to offer fantasy family? Faith, uh, I mean, otherwise. Wow. Um, that feels pretty heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this whole uh, week so far, we've been at the beach. It was pretty sad last night to watch them at each other's throats. You know, it was it was hard to see the bloodbath ensue in front of me. But, you know, they came out okay. It was wrestling downstairs yeah, uh, yeah. growing up. I think so. Casey's last-minute triumph oh, over yeah. uh, Zan yeah, it was great. Um, came together there. So, yeah. Zan, right. sorry. But Casey's, you know, 0.3 win over you, I think really brought us all together. So at least you have that. Builder. Yeah, it really did. It reconciled the whole evening, right? Yeah, there yeah. Was almost, like, it was the very last play that Atwell came through and got me a touchdown to put me ahead and win the game. What a night. What a night. It sounds like what you guys are saying is there's a little bit of a... Um, there's a little bit of like a college football conference dynamic going on here where there can be fierce competition between mm. brothers, even hatred, sure. violence. But underneath that is a, is a deep, deep love and loyalty that can't be broken. And so when, when you see a Hague playing a non-Hague, you can, you can all sort of rally around the Hague victory in that. If one of us wins, we all, we all win. But in a, in a much more realistic sense, if I win... I still get to pick my own jersey. More, yeah, exactly. More importantly, <laughs> I need to win at all costs. Well, K- Casey, Casey, you've had your moment on this podcast. And David, I mean, yours is it's coming. The way your team looks like right now, man, it could be late in the season before before we have you on the uh, one of the scrub episodes yeah. here. So I'm going to I'm going to hone back in on Jamie unless any one of you has anything that you want to a grenade you want to lob in before. I think it would be like last year where I did really good at the beginning of the season and then just started to bomb towards the end of it. So circle back around towards uh-huh. the end of the season. That's exactly right. Yeah, we'll see you down the road, and uh, and 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 we'll commiserate together. Man, thanks for joining us, guys. This is a special, a special, special <laughs> podcast. Beautiful. Um, well, hey, Jamie, give us a you know to 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 my. I've sort of kept tabs on your um, journey, but to my shame, you, you mentioned the counseling thing in passing the other day. And I didn't know you were doing that. So give us what what have you been up to the last few years? Give us an idea of wait, stop. Before we go one second further, what a bastard I am. I would be remiss to not mention your beautiful, creative, wonderful recording of the new theme song for this podcast. And I didn't do I used it last week and then I didn't mention you the way I intended to. I want to apologize to you for that. I want to say what a gift to our podcast. It turns out that you can't use uh, Michael Jackson or actually in this case, alien ant farms (laughs) cover of Michael Jackson without any sort of uh, repercussions. I'm not going to say what those repercussions are, but uh, let's just say that the Jackson estate is a litigious one. Right. So that's an ongoing issue, but (laughs) now we have a new song. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a blast when you, when you texted me, I was like, man, I need to get the recording gear back out. Pretty much put it away here for like now four years. I was kind of at first intimidated. It was like going back into uh, a muscle I hadn't worked out in quite some time. And then uh, I was like, you know what? This is just goofy. Let's, let's make something goofy. And so between 
clients at my office. I just, I have my guitars all hanging on my wall in my office. So I just busted out a few of my guitars and threw down something that felt like Reliant K or Jimmy Eat World. Or... It's got a little bit of a Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. Some of that kind of, um, yeah, high, high sort of kind of rockish. Yeah. I like that. Really just wanted to, sh- to start off the podcast with a bang and a bit of a, uh, of an annoying kind of punk rock. It sets the tone for this podcast is going to be great and we don't take ourselves too seriously. I had a blast making it, man. It was just like, I, I was just giggling the whole time, like just way over distorted yeah. guitars, bass lines that I would never play in real life. Yeah. And I think annoying and punk are sort of two adjectives that I try to embody <laughs> right. as I host this podcast. And so yeah. it's perfect, man. But yeah, I mean, so you, I mean, you were, you were in Nashville. The last I heard you were kind of doing music, producing, mm-hmm. recording. Had, had you had counseling in mind? What, what elicited the, um, the change there? And, 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 and where are you in that process? So I was trying to do, I've gone through kind of every art mm-hmm. of the music world. I started in studios, moved to working at a label, and then left to try the touring thing. When I left, that was like almost seven years ago, I uh, started working at a tree service, like a residential tree service to make money because touring is hard. And kind of during that time, I went through my own sort of like counseling journey, then 12-step journey of just recovery. And that started really seven years ago. And kind of a few years into that, I was like, oh, wow, Like I think... um, it's funny you and Casey talked about it. Like the person who would end up crying on the, on the Annie Jones field inevitably was probably me. And I had always just been kind of opposed to how highly emotional I am and would just like get angry, mostly probably at myself. So it came this thing where I just kind of turned it off over time. And then like a bunch of guys probably listening to this podcast, no bigger parts of my story, but it was just something that eventually I had to, those big emotions had to numb them out, ended up kind of down an addictive road, went through 12 step, went through it as if I like graduated from it. But that kind of like changed my whole context for the world. And so then in 2020, I went back to school and got my master's in clinical mental health counseling. 2022, I graduated from that and did a year fellowship afterwards that actually ends next week. And in April of this year, while I was doing that fellowship, I started a private practice for counseling. So in two weeks, I will be full-time doing counseling in my private practice. Man, yeah. I love to hear that, dude. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Gosh, there's a lot we could go into there. But I mean, I, I love that you you made that distinction of like, I think people who are unfamiliar with some of the 12 steps um, stuff think that it is like something that you quote unquote graduate yeah. from. Uh, and it turns out to be like a new posture towards living, like a, a new a new heart posture. I, I, I sort of wonder, I mean, going through some of this in my own story of just like a, your point about like crying mm-hmm. on the football field. Like, I wonder if all of us are just innately when we're little, we're a little bit more heart aware, we're a little bit more emotionally aware, and maybe more emotionally mm-hmm. expansive. And then these things happen to us that kind of teach you like hide your heart, bard in your heart. 
and and hopefully you have a moment later in life where you realize no actually the the key to a a fuller and richer life is to actually open my heart back up again, even though that's going to involve a lot of like pain, that's going to involve like some digging through, Hey, what was it that made me hard? And what were the things that made me hard in my heart? There's resurrection on the other side of that death. Absolutely. Yeah. I do think even, um, not to get too nerdy, but even neurobiologically, like your brain get nerdy, bro, get nerdy. I love this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it builds up its own walls. If you want to think of them in that way, eventually, but by the time your prefrontal cortex is fully developed, you're actively having to choose to not logically process everything immediately. It's an active choice then to be vulnerable with somebody, to take a step back from the natural processing that your brain tries to do to keep you safe, mm. then step back and recognize what's happening in my like emotional center of my brain, most likely in your amygdala. That's just like, how do I transfer this to somebody and to let somebody know me in this space? And then like Tim Keller says, to be known and loved. I think once once I got into that context and f- kind of felt what it was to actually feel God's grace in being known first, then loved, and not just doing everything I can for somebody to not know me, but still love me. That's what mm-hmm. really shifted the paradigm to feeling what real love feels like. Now I just want to be that safe space for others to be the at least footing to start that journey. Mm-hmm. My recovery is not going to be their recovery, but everybody needs a safe footing to start. Gosh, I love that. I mean, I, you know, I've been thinking recently about how I think for, for pretty much I mean, most of my life, I'm 35 years old. So I'd say for 34.66 years, just thinking that uh, shame mm-hmm. has exclusively to do with uh, sexual sin or like sexual uh, trauma or sexual abuse or whatever. And so kind of isolating any like understanding of shame in, in my life and the things that relate to sexuality. And it's only recently that I realized like, hey, does shame might actually be kind of one of the underlying motivations to everything that I do. And it's really only vulnerability that frees it, like that heals that, you know, yeah. vulnerability with God uh, and, and then vulnerability with others. Most counselors I know will have some kind of theme or sort of central thread you could call it a philosophy of counseling that's probably too simplistic but do you find that you have a thread or a message or a theme that you come back to in the way that you think about counseling yeah totally it's not too far away from what you were just talking about but i talk about two general ideas with most people who i meet with one is um, my best friend who i met in recovery he and i have this armchair theory it's not based on any empirical evidence but We have this theory that at their best, people are generally 97% honest, and the 3% that Mm -hmm. they keep to themselves is the 3% that dooms them to loneliness. And I talk about that with everybody because that 3% is where the shame lives. Mm -hmm. Whatever shame you're dealing with is where that lives. And if you're kind of spiritually integrating it, I think that's where Satan's playground is, is that 3% that you don't feel worth expressing to somebody else. And then on the back half of that, something that I bring in with that idea is um, Dan Allender, psychologist out of Seattle, Mm. says that um, engaging with the particularities of our story is how we do harm to the forces of darkness. Mm. In that 3% idea, I talk about how like 
what does it look like to talk about your 3%? Well, it looks like to engage with all the minutia that brings you shame that you don't feel like is worth expressing to somebody. And it's not just doing it to drudge out your own darkness and hand it to somebody, but instead it's to actively do harm to darkness. And to kind of give somebody the keys back to like helping take back their kingdom, if you will, of just like, you're not just unloading why you suck to somebody. You are engaging with the tiny things in your story to actively wage war in a different direction. I've been thinking, I mean, as a pastor recently, I just, I feel like I have been trained maybe my whole life, definitely the last like 15 years or something to apply the gospel in generalities and sort of in the abstract. Mm. And that's good to a point, but until you descend into some of those particulars and find grace and find that someone loves you and likes you Mm, uh, in in that space, I mean, that's really, that's healing. So, man, gosh. I love that dude. And I, I love what you're doing. Um, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I made that joke sort of offhandedly about you Hagues crying on the football field, but I think it, in some ways it's symptomatic of, yeah. And, and I know you guys, I know you guys well, and I know that you would have taken it as a joke. And I just want to say that um, I found, found all you guys. Yeah. But maybe especially you, man, to just be a heart aware person that invites people's hearts out. And I think that's a real gift. And I think you are clearly, I mean, you're going to be a, a great counselor, man. So I'm, I'm excited that you're doing that. I'm thankful that you're doing that, man. Th- thanks for taking the time. Yeah, I always get, I want to give everybody a chance before, before we log off, before we end their episode, if they want to take a shot across the bow, make a trade request, you've already said, you know, Hey guys, Jamie, Jamie's a little bit shallow at wide receiver. Uh, yeah. So, so come, come seek him out here. He's got some solid running back depth and a couple of good quarterbacks. So come make a trade, but anything you want to say before we, I'll say, uh, Zan has come in. I, I, I definitely, I don't know if Zan knew this about me, but I am a DK Metcalf fan. So it's definitely hot with a trade request, but I am open to hearing better ones from anybody mm. who offer one, uh, because, uh, we are going to, uh, infinity and beyond on this team character first. Don't forget it. Uh, so bring in your trade offers and we'll see who wins the Kirk cousins lottery. All right, you guys, you heard it here. Jamie is accepting a trade this week. He's going to hold out as long as he can for good offers, but he, he's going to take something. So Jamie, thanks a lot, brother. I hope you have a great week at the beach and um, yeah, we'll be praying about that transition to full-time counseling, but I'm excited you're doing that and excited to hear more. Yeah, Thank you very talk much. Talk to you soon. Love the trip. Later, man. Love you too. Bye.